Hello and happy Little Friday to all of you out there. Today is December the 16th, 2021, and this is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. What's up, man? Not much, man. Getting used to this dad lifestyle. Hanging in there. Right Ready on. for this new Spider-Man movie to come out tomorrow. Today. That's right. Tonight. My- yes. Michael Lopez is ditching us at a bar to go <laughs> watch the new Spider-Man release at midnight. I bet you he brought his, his costume too, probably. Probably. I'm all for the <laughs> excitement, man, but we're not seven no more. <laughs> the thing with this uh, movie, though, bro, it's been teased for so long, and there's so many like potential things that are going to happen, and, and they're crossing different Spider-Man movies and villains, and it's like it's a spider, it's a comic books uh, fans like wet dream. So yeah, he's going to leave the theater with a bunch of. I'm not going to say it. It's just Stains. far too graphic. <laughs> a bunch of webs, if you will. Um, yeah, whatever. Good for you. I mean, I, it's never been my jam, man. It's never been my jam ever. Really? It could be the greatest Marvel comic movie, mm-hmm. and it would still be like the 75th best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but what about like when you were a kid and like uh, the Hugh Jackman, X-Men and stuff like never. that? Not, that just never. That never tickled Frank's little pickle. <laughs> What was, I mean, I don't know, man. I was always into, um, what was I into? I don't know. Just not that. Just not that. <laughs> Anything It was else. never my thing. I never, I don't know if I had a, like a, an avenue. I, I like most of it. I'm trying to think when we were little. What about, so were you like J- James Bond kid? I was a poor kid. And so okay. it was anything that I had access to. So, okay, like Pokemon was big. Uh, okay. I basically followed my brother. So like Pokemon uh-huh. was big and then he got into Dragon Ball Z and like, I didn't even like get into Dragon Ball Z like that. Like it wasn't even my, I watched episodes of it. It was great. But like, he's also into comics and, and I was never my, th- I was into sports. I like sports. Yeah. I liked sports movies. I like watching sports. I'd rather watch Sports Center than watch anything Marvel. So you're taking Rudy over... Spider-Man. Mm. Mm. <laughs> eh, I, eh, nah. Brian's song. I would rather uh, <laughs> go take a dump and read the sports page than watch Spider-Man. And that's nothing against Spider-Man. Yeah, I, just, I feel you. It was never my thing. At my house, literally, Sports Center is on almost every day, all day. If the TV's on and it was by my doing, it's Sports Center. I don't know why. I, I can watch it all day. Time I put on Sports Center. No. It's been years. Huh. I have Twitter, dude. What do I need Sports Center for? Nah, true, true. I just like to throw it up in the background. It's like on the TV. I can do work, and it's just like there. Mm-hmm. It's nice in the background, for sure. And my gripe with it is also what makes it great is that it's just a big loop. It's the same yeah. shit for true. like three hours, which is fine. You know, you get all the information you need. But like today would be the like absolute worst day to watch sports center because it's going to be like a half hour intermittently right like not all at once just like chunks that equal half hour of them talking about urban meyer oh he yeah. got fired i don't care what you have to say about it like mm-hmm. you know it's just i don't know i i've I, slowly but surely like it really disliked espn personalities yeah they're like so used I to mean, love they're them. disney owned so they're like extremely censored too like you know what i mean right. like it can't right. I don't know. You can't really like speak freely on there at all. And, and it is. Yeah. The personalities are kind of whack. What do you think about yeah. the Urban Meyer thing though? It's only a matter of time. Yeah. I mean, look, whatever about any of the shit that came out, all of that was basically, you know, just the icing on the cake, but you go two and what are I, two and 11 right now. Mm-hmm. 
and all the shit that's going on, it just seems like he's not interested. It just seems like his his heart's not in it. Yeah. It was a good attempt, I guess. If I'm a Jags fan, I'm really upset. I mean, really upset. I'm just surprised he didn't even get a whole season. And I think you're right. It's like his heart's not in it because you look at Dan Campbell, the Lions coach, he's one in 12. Mm-hmm. But he is in he's it. About like, it. He's about it and he's passionate yeah. and he gives a fuck. Urban Meyer, like you can tell he's like checked out. I mean, okay, so what happened this year? Um, start with the draft. Drafted a running back first round, and you have James Robinson. Odd. Apparently, you know, we didn't learn about this until right now, but uh, apparently he kicked Josh Lambeau. Mm-hmm. And even that story didn't seem egregious, but at the end of the day, you don't kick in like your play. Like you don't kick any. Who the fuck kicks somebody? Yeah, football player or not, he didn't fly with his team back to Florida. Stayed in Cincinnati. Got caught at a bar, right? So like, all right, big giant red flag there. You're not flying back with the with the with the team. You have business in Ohio, so you stay, and then you just get caught at a bar. Like, all right, cool. So we know where you're at there. Mm-hmm. And the incessant losing. There's always something going on. He's always in the news. To that point, I mean, I feel like a lot of people were rooting for him to fail. It just seems like people wanted him to not succeed. He doesn't seem like that likable of a dude to be nah, with. He seems like a douchebag. That might be the Michigan fan in me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, like he does. He seems like a prick. And then I didn't know about this, but I heard it I heard it today when he got fired that um I guess Harbaugh mentioned something about like scandals following him wherever he went. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he said that I think he said that when he was still at Ohio State. And um it, it makes sense that that got drowned in the noise because you know Michigan was largely irrelevant during Urban Meyer's term at Ohio State, but it's true. I mean, look at what happened at Florida, you know, team full of felons and fine, cool, whatever. But it seems like, uh, you know, it wasn't the greatest situation in Florida. And he goes to Ohio State. Um, what happened with him at Ohio State? Was there a scandal at Ohio State? Well, they had a bunch of like players that had felonies and shit, just kind of like similar to Florida's situation, but not like. Aaron Hernandez type characters, but not yet. Yeah, not yet. But they had a, a lot of people that were like given a pass because of their athletic prowess and, mm. and with with shit around Columbus yeah, and just everywhere actions they but, did. Yeah, but um, yeah, it just I don't know, man. Like if you follow, we all make mistakes, but if you follow somebody's mistakes, mistake trail, and you look at Urban Meyer's trail. It's like, yeah, you, you, you could be, that could be like uh, confirmation bias and, and you're picking out just the bad things of all of the other good things that happen. But it does seem like a bit of a trend that like Urban Myers, like, uh, you know, like kind of rubs people the wrong way, probably thinks he's a little, a little bit better, bigger than he actually is and doesn't really treat others with a ton of respect, which is fine if you're in college because you're dealing with children, right? Like if you're a college coach, you can get away with like being a big disciplinarian. But when you're talking to guys who do this for a living, they're getting paid for it. And then you go and kick the kicker and you say, hey, dipshit, make your kicks. It's like, all right, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. That's true, sure. man. Do you think he's done coaching? Like, is, is this the end of Urban Meyer? Fuck no. Somebody's going to pick him up. Could it be the Ohio State Buckeyes? As a shell shock Wolverine fan, I am a little bit scared. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they feel about uh, Ryan Day. I don't. I have no idea. Uh, he seems to be a good coach. He's doing pretty good. That's a pretty well-oiled machine anyway. So what does Urban Meyer bring that Ryan Day doesn't? I don't know. Well, just this week, I mean, Ryan Day is the first coach since Luke Fickle in an offseason to lose to the Wolverines. But just this week, 
Um, their quarterback, who is pretty much like next in line after Stroud leaves, uh, Quinn Ewers, he transferred to Texas. That's a, he's a five star quarterback recruit. I saw that. So it's it's like if people don't trust Ryan Day to do what Urban Meyer was doing, you know, I, I know it's a well oiled machine, but like if he he lost to Michigan, first coach to mm-hmm. lose to Michigan in quite a while, like if he's losing the faith of the his team or possible recruits, like. Ohio State's right. going to want to correct that shit fast, and their uh-huh. boy's back on the market now. So I'm just like, fuck, <laughs> dude, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, he he quit college coaching allegedly because of a uh, his heart condition, his health, like two times, um, yeah, twice. So I don't know, man. Does he want to go back? Does he want to recruit? You know, it's a it's a way different uh, uh, setup being a college coach than it is being a pro, a pro coach because you don't necessarily recruit talent you just pick from a pool and you're not really competing with you know the sec other big 10 schools you know there's a whole lot more that goes into college coaching so i don't know man it's it's his call i i don't think i don't think it happens i don't think it happens but certainly been wrong before man if if you're tuned in urban just go back to sports casting, man. It was all just, you know, you can't hurt anyone there. You're just talking. You're probably getting paid close to as much anyway. So just right. go He's do that. He's got a great face for radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, I know it's going down in, in Illinois, but just this week, California instituted uh, another mask mandate. Here we are again talking about COVID. Don't want to talk about COVID. Here we are again. Friendship COVID hour. Yeah, right. Well, for sure. I mean, yeah, because it affects the day-to-day. And yeah. it's a, it, I think it's the biggest piece of bullshit mandate that's ever been executed ever because we had been going great. Mm. And all of a sudden there's a spike in cases, which is just that, right? Like a spike in cases. And then there's a mask mandate for the whole state. And dude, like to a person, nobody's like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Everyone's like, oh, fuck, are you kidding me? For real? For real? This is what we're doing? Even my girlfriend, dude, and like, I'm not trying to put her on a spot, but like, the most graceful human you've ever met, like willing to extend her hand out and and bend over backwards to make sure that people are comfortable. Far more willing to do that than I am. And even she was like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, really. What the fuck? What the fuck? Welcome to my life, man. It's so annoying, man. It's so annoying. Because it, it's like, what, what, what does this accomplish? What are we doing? I feel like it's just like grandstanding. It's just like, oh, this happened, so now we have to do this. And it's like, what the fuck? It doesn't it? It makes zero sense. Yeah, man. I, it's, I told I think Rager put something up on Twitter about it or something that that when it went to effect, I'm like, welcome to fucking Illinois, dude. It's been like that. We had like two months of relief during this entire pandemic. It's been mask central in the state the entire fucking time that we've been doing this pandemic. And it's just silly, man. It is so silly. I've said it before, but we've, we compare to other states like on Ohio that have barely done shit, barely worn it. And we're, we're right with them. So like, what are we doing here? We're just placating to people to make it look like we're doing something and to make people feel safe. And it's just bullshit. Smoke and mirrors. It is smoke and mirrors, man. And it like takes me back to the very, very, very beginning of all, all of this March, 2020. And it came out that it came out that masks, the way that we wear them and the ones that we wear, the ones that aren't N95 masks were ineffective at blocking any, anything related to COVID. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it was an email sent by the one and only Anthony Fauci saying, yeah, these are largely ineffective. And then 
for whatever reason, immediately switched gears and, and it's never stopped. Like we were able to switch on a dime then, but we can't revert back to that. And I think it's because of what you just said, like you're placating the people who feel like concerned and you're, if you're a public health official and you're a politician, you, you don't have, all you can do really is appeal to the lowest common denominator because that's a least risky move. Like as their position is like, isn't it better for them to probably play it safe so that it's not like, oh shit, we should have stopped that. This is a huge virus. Now everyone's dead. (laughs) I mean, I mean, (laughs) maybe, but, but like, no, because, well, first of all, the people that make are making these decisions are, are public health officials. These are unelected people making these decisions, right? So these people are making decisions that affect all of our lives. And that is in and of itself is not a big deal. What's a big deal is when you know about what this virus is, and then you continue to make these blanketed decisions that have almost zero effect on any real metric of safety. I don't know if you heard that that recent, most recent Joe Rogan podcast that this doctor Peter McCullough was on. It was very, very dense with information, but you know, one of the things that was said there that's been repeated countless times is that the people who need to be worried about this virus are people who are already sick, who are already immunocompromised, or are elderly. That's it. The vast majority, like the overwhelming majority of deaths are from those two groups. And moreover, the overwhelming majority of deaths have happened in two different places in hospitals and in retirement homes or long-term care facilities. So even if you were to have taken everybody that you wanted to, rounded them up and locked them away, threw away the key because they weren't vaccinated, they weren't wearing masks, they weren't this, that, or the other, whatever you wanted to do, you could literally take them, herd them out of the population and put them aside, you would have made absolutely no difference in how many people died from this disease because it spread in hospitals and in retirement homes, long-term care facilities. And that is where the overwhelming majority of deaths happened. That's what this guy on Rogan was saying? That's what this guy on Rogan was saying. That's what that's what has been has been touted for the longest time. He uh he keeps talking about this guy on the on the show, uh, Dr. Scott Atlas. And let me just get his uh, name up here because I've I have i have heard this name throughout this entire pandemic. And he was saying back way back in, in last last year, what we needed to do is isolate those who were sick, and then we needed to let everybody else go about their day because the only people who were at a real risk were those who were elderly or immunocompromised. So if you got sick, you stayed home, you stay away from the general public, everyone else went about their day. The one thing that this guy said on the show that it really got me riled up is when he, when he said that this virus cannot be transmitted asymptomatically. Do you remember when this whole first started, like the big scare, the reason that we went through all of this was because you could spread it without having symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So according to this guy, that's completely false. The only way that you can transmit this disease is if you have symptoms of COVID cannot spread it asymptomatically. And he was emphatic about that. So it's like, if that's the case, then Mm. really, truly 
How much different is this than the flu? I mean, really, truly. The death rate is higher than the flu, though, correct? Well, I, I don't know that for a fact, and it very well may be. But I'm not talking about how, how much more deadly it is. Because when we know who it kills, the overwhelming majority of the people who it kills, and we know it can be spread asymptomatically, then what the hell is the point of all of this? Like, really, truly, what the hell was the point of all of this? I think it's uh, kind of your bold frog analogy you always make. It's kind of just to see, like, I, I still think it is. Like, how far can we push these motherfuckers? Let's see. Well, so this guy on this show, he, he came with a lot of facts, and he slowly started to divulge in some kind of conspiratorial talk, right? But 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 it really wasn't like he was saying, like, here's all of this evidence. And I know this as as a doctor who treats covid patients day in and day out. I read all of these reports. It is my job to to analyze everything that's coming out regarding covid. And from what I can see, we've divulged into a like more or less like unstoppable machine that is centered around vaccines. Right. So like he started off by saying that. When COVID first came out, his goal was to treat the sick, right? Treat the sick, but to treat them before they got to the hospital. So not to treat them in the hospital while they're sick. Because if you're in the hospital and you're sick with COVID, well, then the damage has already been done. Right. But if you get COVID and you could treat it before you get to the hospital, well, then you have a chance at, at fighting this thing. So his first avenue to go towards based off of SARS-CoV-1, which came out like 20 years ago, was hydroxychloroquine, right? You've heard that name, that drug. Yeah. And so according to him, the, 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 the drug that showed the most promise was this hydroxychloroquine. Then a couple things had happened. Um, there were some studies done that really weren't like intensive studies. And then the uh, FDA said, do not use hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID. And he's like, well, that's kind of weird. Like we've not done any studies. We should do studies because we should figure out how to treat this. There was a falsified report in a medical journal that came out that said hydroxychloroquine is ineffective in treating COVID. And, you know, according to this guy, it's, it's about 60% effective of treating COVID patients and to the point where they don't go to the hospital and they don't get sick. Right. Mm -hmm. So this, this study came out and the whole world said no to hydroxychloroquine. He was kind of thinking that's fucking weird that we've done this. Why would we do this? And then the way he made it sound was like, once we figured out that the COVID vaccine could neutralize the spike proteins in the coronavirus and pretty much neutralize the virus on its own, everything went towards the way of the vaccine. Mm. Everything, just everything. So at the very least, it was like institutional incompetence where everybody focused on a vaccine because they thought, well, we get this vaccine out, can neutralize the virus, it'll kill the whole thing out together. And his main point was that nobody's treating the virus. And to this day, nobody is treating the virus. There's no, he was saying that not one of the um, medical institutions in America, the medical schools in America, have a plan to treat COVID outside of the hospital. Not one of them. And he, he said that according to, to his research and what he was able to, to find with, with these other doctors that he was working with was that if we were to treat COVID as you get, like you test positive and then boom, you treat it right then and there, that we could have saved on the low end, 50% of the deaths that occurred in 2020. Damn. On the high end, 85% of the deaths that occurred wow. in 2020. 
if we were to attack it at the source. So he's just spouting all this information. And the only thing that I can draw from it is that it's the one thing that I've known and that I've tried to preach on the show and that I've, I've, I've tried to maneuver my words so that they, that they're framed in a way that proves this point is that our leaders are incompetent just by design. Like the, the ship is big and is, is, is designed to be big and hard to steer. And we look toward these people for guidance during a time like this. And once they get that power, they do not relinquish it for anything. So at the very least, take all the conspiratorial stuff away. You know, if you listen to this whole thing, you might come away thinking that there was the fix was in on the vaccines and that the vaccine was created before the the virus came out and that they were ready with the vaccine as you know sooner than anybody thought humanly possible and that there's a lot of ambiguity around what the hell went on with the vaccine prior to the the virus and and post-virus take all that away take all that away if it's true what this guy says that we did not and we do not treat this virus before somebody gets to the hospital and we have the ability to then at the very very least it proves gross incompetence by the people that we look towards. It proves that lockdowns and even to a large extent mask mandates have absolutely no bearing on the safety of the United States citizens when it comes to to getting severely sick or dying from COVID. And the worst part about all of it is that we've let them and we continue to let them do what they want in the name of safety. He brings up mass psychosis. Again, it starts to get a little conspiratorial, but it's not untrue because if you look at the, the four steps of mass psychosis and you apply them to COVID, they match up pretty well. Whether or not it was deliberate or or uh, whether or not it was a, a malicious uh, action by by those in charge, I'm not going to make a, a statement on that one way or another. I'll let, I'll let you judge. But at the end of the day, I think it's undeniable that we did the absolute wrong thing. We never looked at why we were doing the wrong thing and we continue to do the wrong thing. And all it's done is provide more power to the people who've already had it. Whether that's by design or not, I don't care, but it's, it's a fact that that's true. And I, I mean, like the only thing I can think about right now, the only, it's just like with all these people who are so fed up with the continual mandates is that it's just going to take a few people to just say, Hey, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to do this. Mayor of El Cajon, which is a small city here in San Diego, East County, San Diego, said, I'm not going to enforce this, this mass mandate. No way. Good. Fuck it. If, if San Diego had the mayor that we had last year in 2020, Kevin Faulkner, I guarantee you he would have said the same thing. San Diego does not have a problem with COVID. We ha- really didn't ever have a problem with COVID. And we've had no masks for, I don't know, six months now. Bringing a mask mandate is not going to do much. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to say. It's not in the interest of our citizens. I think there was a Democratic, there was a Democratic governor of um, Colorado who basically said like the, here, here it is right here. Colorado Governor Jared Polis in an interview declared that the emergency is over, that he's not implementing another statewide mass mandate. And um, everybody's had more than enough time to get vaccinated. And uh, it's time that we stop letting public health officials tell us what to do. Democrat. Good for him, man. Yeah. Here you go. Those who got sick, it's almost entirely their own fault. I don't want to say that nobody won't get the virus or they're vaccinated, but it's rare. So he's basically saying, look, it's on you. If you're not vaccinated, you'll get sick and it probably won't be good. And you've had time to get it. So 
Um, I'm not going to be telling you guys what to do. You know what to do. And I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's obvious that it's, it's our leaders, man. Like it's, you can't trust these people. They're incompetent. But as we say all the time, like it's also our, our media, man, like the news outlets are not covering this like truthfully. They're, they're covering it in a way to scare people and to keep this going and to push the agenda of a vaccine earlier this week. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but, um, NBC's anchor, Brian Williams been in the news game for fucking ever. Uh, he announced his retirement like live on air. He said at yeah, the yeah. end of the, end of the year he's stepping off, and and he he kind of made some comments that I th- I'm surprised he didn't get shut down. Like I'm surprised they didn't cut tape because he kind of he, he said some very pointed things. I, I kind of I'm just gonna like fra- paraphrase what he said here, but he said as I do for the first time in my 62 years, my biggest worry is for my country. The truth is I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm an institutionalist. I believe in this place and in my love of my country. I yield to no one. Then he kind of mentioned, and I think this was kind of a nod towards like the January 6th Capitol, like riots, insurrection. He said, the darkness has spread to neighborhoods and the school board, and it must be acknowledged and answered for. But then he, kind of, he turned his attention to Congress, uh, which right now is Democrat run. He said, grown men and women who swore an oath to our Constitution, elected by our constituents, possessing the kinds of college degrees I can only dream of, have decided to join the mob and become something they are not, while hoping we somehow forget who they were. They've decided to burn it all down with us inside. That should scare you to no end as much as as much as it scares this aging volunteer fireman, referring to himself. But he, he called them out on air. Like, this is bullshit. They're, they're not, this isn't what we got into the business of. This isn't the news anymore. This is yeah. this is agenda pushing, and this is this is not right. And I, I just can't believe they didn't shut him down. You, you can watch the video on YouTube. Just type in Brian Williams' retirement. It, it was known that he was going to retire. And um, he, I, I think he's he had enough of where he was at. I mean, MSNBC is like the Fox News of the left, right? Um, they're, they're like the very, very progressive liberal uh, cable news outlet. And I, and I think he, he just got like fed up you know, with the likes of Rachel Maddow. I mean, like if you're, if you're like a, like a center left Democrat and you have a show on and you're like really, really well-known um, newscaster and you have a show on Fox news and like y- you follow freaking Tucker Carlson every night. Like, yeah, I, I would be upset with that too. Like, dude, like this isn't me. Um, so it was kind of known that he was going to retire. I, I didn't hear those words though, when he said them and that's dude. Yeah. I mean, spot on. He, he, he nailed it. And you know, we could we could sit here and like throw blame around all we want, and and I think it's like really apparent that um, our leaders are incompetent. I think the problem, really, truly, really and truly, is the fact that we've been manipulated into thinking that us following rules and regulations that are set before us are doing the right thing, and. I mean, it comes down really to the individual level, but then it goes to the business level and, and anybody who has any sort of power and we all have power individually. It just, it it may not reach as far as we'd like, but we have power to do things as long as we are going to continue and walk in lockstep with, with the things that these, these people are saying, knowing that at the very least, they don't know fully what they're talking about at the very worst they're uh, power-hungry, vicious vampires who are just feeding <laughs> off of us, right? Regardless of where you fall in that spectrum, it's not good. 
and it's not doing us any good. So as long as we continue to walk in lockstep with these things that have been put up in place with us, then we're going to continue to suffer this. And we're just going to sit here and talk about how pissed off we are and how corrupt the media is and how inept our, our leaders are. It's going to take action by individuals. It's going to take action by brave companies like in and out who put their foot down and said, yeah. no, we're not going to mandate that you get vaccinated. We're not going to mandate any of this shit because it's not our place to do so. It's going to take that sort of action by the public in order for this to get turned around because nothing will scare a politician faster than the majority of its constituency turning against them and what they say. And they're just going to continue to push inch by inch until they've hit their limit. And their limit is going to be what we decide it's going to be. And if it doesn't come sooner than later, that limit might be too far and they may have gone too far and there will be no retreat. There'll be no way back and we're stuck and we become something like freaking Australia or Canada or any of these countries that have got a freaking iron tight grip on their population. And it's one way or the highway. Question for you. Uh, earlier this week, I wanted to get your opinion on this. I was talking to my dad about this. Um, you're familiar with the supermarket giant Kroger. Sure. They, they announced that, um, they were going to change their healthcare policy up a little bit. Okay. Um, and basically you will be paying, if you refuse to get the COVID vaccine, you'll be paying a higher insurance premium every month. Or what they're going to do is institute like a surcharge. Mm -hmm. Every paycheck that comes out of your check because you won't get the jab. Yeah, I, I don't know that I, ha I have a, a a huge problem with that. I mean, they do the same thing with with smokers, right? It's a it's a voluntary thing that you're that you're opting into doing that very clearly has an adverse effect on your health. Now, not getting the vaccine does not have an adverse effect on your health until you get covid right and there's right. really no telling if and when you'll get it and if you'll get sick so so there's way there's way more variables when it comes to that but i don't necessarily have a problem with that and it's like look dude it's it's your it's your choice right and your choice is going to have consequences always um to me that seems like the least insidious thing you could do it's like, all right great you don't want to get it fine i we we that's your choice and we may even be for you having that choice however you're putting yourself at a higher risk than other people who haven't gotten this vaccine and as long as that data remains the same then we're going to say that you're putting yourself at a higher risk of getting sick and your premium will be a little bit higher. Well, you know. Now, what if I tell you that surcharge is $200 monthly? That seems steep. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's insane. That's so I would steep. say like 20 bucks a month, maybe. Yeah. $200 monthly. That's, yeah, Delta Airline, is. that's what theirs is. That's, uh, okay. they're, so, they're rolling so, out the same thing and it's a $200 monthly surcharge. So that's mandating a vaccine without mandating a vaccine. That's, exactly. That is legal extortion. Yeah. That's what that is. If you put a bar that high, what is that? Twenty four hundred dollars. Twenty four hundred a year. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. What do you? What does anybody pay two hundred dollars a month for? I don't know. I, other than rent, I don't internet? think I pay anything. <laughs> Cable and internet, maybe. Like that's not. It's not even that high for me. Like yeah. I don't even know, like, what I would pay two hundred dollars a month for and then justify it. Let me clarify too. Delta's is two hundred. Kroger's is only fifty bucks a month surcharge. Okay. Yeah, well, that's steep though, man. I mean, that's 600 bucks and, for Kroger employees a year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if they know that they have that, that right to do it, then, um, then they're going to do it. And like, you know, this will, that, that conversation will inevitably like dissolve into like, we'll just get the vaccine. Yeah. Like, what's the point? And it's like, no, that's not the point. That's not the point. Especially now, like, especially now that, you know, we have this information that's out to the public. Like, Hey, there are ways to treat this 
disease so that you do not get sick and that you knew you, that you do not die. Um, and that you've had COVID, uh, according to this guy that was on Rogan, you can't get COVID again. That's, Apparently, yeah. according to him, the CDC has not been able to come up with a case of somebody getting COVID twice. They, it's in the, it's, I guess it's in the writing that, that you could contract COVID again, but they were pr- apparently they were pressed to find, uh, to provide an instance where that happened and they weren't able to do so. Did he clarify if that was like per strain? Like, can you get Delta and then Omicron? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to be fair, you know, this guy, I looked him up a little bit, Dr. Peter McCullough, he was with Baylor university. There's a couple articles out there that, s- that are headlined, uh, that this doctor got fired from Baylor for misinformation. Uh, but if you but if you dig into these articles, it talks nothing about his firing at all. It just talks about the fact that as he was going on uh, like television uh, or giving interviews, um, that his name and likeness was used and tied to the University of, of Baylor, to Baylor University, when he wasn't an employee of Baylor University. And his response to that was that it wasn't him saying that he was a, a, a doctor at Baylor. It was the people who were interviewing him labeled him as such. Hmm. So, but, but, but n- nowhere can I find anything where he was fired for some sort of like misinformation or anything like that. Like there's no, I, I reached out to, to somebody who, who wrote one of those articles just for clarification. I haven't gotten a response back, but I'm curious to see, like, you know, he, he made a lot of statements. I would like somebody to come up and, and like combat him with the statements. But I mean, when he was talking, I listened to this podcast through twice because I had to, because it was so dense with information and the things that he was saying were jarring, man. Like they were really, really, truly like, oof, fuck. Like if what you're saying is true, that's bad. And, um, and so I'd love it if somebody were to like come with all, you know, something else and combat him in the form of a debate. Yeah. Say, I think, you're, I think you're wrong and here's why. But you know, at the end of the day, if what he's saying is true and with what other people are saying, because it's not just him, but, but if it's true that you can treat this virus and, and the vaccine is more or less not necessary, um, because it absolutely like doesn't prevent this disease or eradicate it at all, then what are we doing? What are we doing? Why, why are we doing this to our own people? Why are we, why are we following the guidance of people who obviously are misguided? It just, it doesn't sit well with your boy. But I also say too, when my, my dad brought up this Kroger thing to me and when he brought it up to me, he goes, you hear Kroger's taking away healthcare for people that don't (laughs) get the shot. I'm like, dad, there's no, that cannot be legal. Like that's not real. There's no way. Um, and then I look it up and and all they did is, like I said, it's a $50 surcharge monthly. And then if you don't have the shot, they're taking away, um, what I guess all employees there have, which is two weeks of paid emergency leave. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you know, you, if you get COVID, like you, you won't have, and you don't have the shot, you won't have this paid leave. You just have to, you know, take personal days, time off unpaid or whatever. But it it just, just my point here is saying we talk all the time about misinformation from, you know, NBC, CNN, a lot of other places, but like it's, it's on the other side too. Like people will run with facts and run with misinformation big time to the point where everywhere, man. And I think that's, and I think that's why this vaccine is such an easy solution for people to get behind because it's not like, you know, 
like your dad, right? With all due respect to your dad, he <laughs> heard something and there was confirmation bias immediately. Right. When I heard this guy on Joe, on Joe Rogan, there's confirmation bias immediately because these these are things that I had been heard that, I, that I've listened to previously. Mm-hmm. I mean, since the start of this uh, 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 disease, I, 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 like I thought our our reaction to it was was way off base, way, way, way off base. So from the jump, I didn't like any of this. So any information that comes into my head confirming that just bolsters my position more. And that's like with anything, right? But with like the vaccine, you can just say like, well, it, you know, this, that, and the other, there's no confirmation bias with it. It's just, you know, get the vaccine and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. It's so easy to just say that kind of thing. And I think that's why, you know, it, it, it reminds me of, one time I was in, I was in Vegas with, with Michael uh, and, and Paulina, his, his fiance. And we're in a, we're in this Uber. We find out that um, the Uber drivers from Southern California, she starts talking about how, you know, these transplants are coming to California and that, um, you know, they're ruining the state and build that wall, the whole nine, right? Just getting there. And then I remember she, she turns to me and she goes, did you know that the governor of California released all of the rapists. <laughs> I looked at her. I go, all of them. <laughs> she was like, yeah, look it up. I looked it up. It was a completely false, like a clickbait story, like completely false. Right. <laughs> it, it was what your dad said. Like, did you hear they're taking away healthcare? It's like, what? What? No. Yeah. Right. No. Right. And so like, <laughs> and so you can just, but it's, suck. I know, it's hilarious. Right. <laughs> but it's, all of them? it's all of them for real. I live there. It's not good. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, like you could see those things and then you could just be like, the real problem here is, is misinformation. And it's like, nah, the, the real problem is, is that we don't have the intestinal fortitude to weather the storm of misinformation and right. still have the courage to tell the fucking truth or hear it misinformation and go find out the truth, which I feel like right. is what we do all the time on here. Like, well, hear a story. I mean, yeah, maybe we have like a right lean a bit, but like we'll hear a story and we'll try to seek out some relative truth to what's going on instead of just repeating a headline. Absolutely. And like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not above stating what my bias is because it exists. Obviously I have an ideal. I have a way where I think the, that things should work. And if I have a platform, I'm obviously going to drive towards that, but above any other ideal, like any other, you know, American ideal, human idea, you know, I think the biggest ideal and, and should be with everybody is the truth. What is the truth? Mm-hmm. And you can't, the, the, you can't figure out what the truth is without going through lies and misinformation and wading your way through those waters, because there's going to be that always. And if it's brought out and put out there publicly, um, you know, I don't think either of us are hiding behind our words. And, and we're we're very capable of saying, "Hey, I, f- I, f- I fucking I was wrong," you know. I got mm-hmm. that one completely wrong. Um, but to, you know, to this point, ha- haven't haven't been able to be, be told that about anything with COVID, man. Like anything at all. So I don't know. I could go. I can go on for hours. Just how upset I am with this whole fucking this whole ordeal. I got a little pivot for you. Do you believe in like dreams having any meaning? Like, do you think we dream or see the future? Mm. Any, any kind of like, do you think you can find meaning in anything that people dream? I think dreams are important. I think that they're, 
I, I think the mystery of dreams is, is like the cool, like one of the coolest things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like, I, do I believe they have bearing in real life as far as like fortunes? I, I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't know the study of dreams. I've never analyzed my dreams before. And so I, I would say, I would say probably, probably. Well, earlier this week, my wife, Sarah had a dream. I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to share this or not, but I'm going to. And she told me in, in her dream, we were at our house and I told her that you were coming to visit us. Um, but you were going to sleep in our room Oh, because in our, our room is a master bedroom. You were going to sleep in our room because you were both tired, but you also had to poop a lot. So you needed the master bedroom. <laughs> I was so like, I was going to sleep in, in, in your marital bed. <laughs> Not with us. You were going to have our room by myself mm-hmm. because I was tired. Yep. And I needed to shit. So you were going to get the best bed in the house with the adjoining bathroom. And I don't know if there's symbolism to that dream or not, but I thought it was beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> well, let's break it down. <laughs> Do you have to shit, though, I guess is my question. Well, I, okay, so here's what I think about that. <laughs> it's that, like, somewhere in your wife's mind, I'm associated with pooping. <laughs> Right. And sleeping. It's fine. And yeah, for sure. Um, but that's what, like, like, I feel like there's like some unconscious, subconscious, like, thing. It's like, yeah, this dude, this dude shits. <laughs> so I, don't know, I, I could take away from hilarious. that. I was so weak. <laughs> that is hilarious. He's tired, but he also has to poop. So, <laughs> so he gets our room. Yeah. So. You, you know she's at least a hospital host. Cool. Well, uh, I'm going to ask for that next time. I'm going to push those limits. A big game tonight. Football. Yeah, there is a big game tonight. For uh, once. On a Thursday. Yeah. A big game in more than one ways. I need Justin Herbert to do a lot tonight. Do your in playoff start? finals of a... Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I think a couple of these league managers didn't get the memo that there was an extra week added on to this year. So in a couple leagues, playoffs started last week. And then a couple mm. leagues, playoffs started this week because there's an extra extra week. Um, but anyways, yeah, I have Herbert Herbert tonight. And uh, I'm going to need like 30 from Herbert, like at least 30 if I'm going to have a chance. Uh, the Kansas City defense is good. It's been saving that team, man. Yeah, true. But, you know, I think, I don't know. I have hope because Thursday night football um, has been pretty wild this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Save for a couple it games. Has. It's been really high scoring. So, uh, excuse me. So hopefully, hopefully that's what it is. But yeah, big game, big, big playoff implications. Um, and they already beat the Chiefs once this year. They, they play the Chiefs tough, you know. Um, mostly everybody in the AFC West plays each other tough. Um, this is a different so. Chiefs team than they played the first time, though, I think. This is true. This is true. I think the Chiefs uh, are winning I, the Super Bowl, Frank. I'm almost positive. Ah, come on. No They're way. back. They're back. No their de- offense isn't even back yet, but their defense, they're on like a five or six game winning streak right now, and their offense really mm. hasn't done shit lately. So mm. I don't know, man. I think ah, they're, they're going to turn out at the right time here. Jackson Mahomes. But it's a, that's all I'll say. Yeah, that kid is a douchebag. Apparently... Um, Fuck, what happened? I read a story. Oh, yeah. So apparently, hold on. I want to read this. It's so good. It's so well written. So Jackson Mahomes, little brother of Patrick Mahomes. Great AD bag. It's just a big, yeah, just a big douche. Just a big douche. 
And so I guess he goes into this uh, restaurant with a group. I don't know, couldn't get seated or whatever. And so he makes a big old stink about it on, uh, <laughs> on, on social media. So this is the restaurant. Um, and it's, it's just, a, actually, it's just a bar in, in Kansas City. <laughs> they say, Dear Jackson Mahomes, we are sorry that we set boundaries that you tried to ignore. Oftentimes, people with unearned status and a sense of entitlement think that they are above the rules and will lash out an employee enforcing them. We are sorry we could not seat your very large group. As you probably saw, our bar is very small. We are sorry that you have the reach that you do, or at least that you think you do, and that instead of using it for something positive, you decided to, you decided to use it to try and crush a small business. We survived a global pandemic. We'll survive your ego. We are sorry that you didn't reach out to us first before taking to social media. But then again, that is an expectation we would have had from a mature and rational person, not somebody who pours water on fans and dances on the memorials of tragically lost people for TikTok clout. Mm. We have not been fortunate enough to be born into a much more talented and much more famous family. But we would like to think that if we did have that much luck, we would use our influence in more responsible ways. We hope our apology finds you well. Jesus Christ. Sick burn. That was nice. Dude, so nice. <laughs> Just fucking like wow. the epitome, like the epitome of a of an entitled f- For real, head. completely unearned status. That's so funny. Yeah. Completely. Wow. But Dude, whatever. do you see Bruce Springsteen sold his catalog? No. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen sold his entire catalog of music to Sony mm. for five hundred million dollars. Is that it? Right? Doesn't it seem like it'd be worth more? If I'm Bruce. The boss? I'm on the boss. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm asking for a Billy. What do you mean? Born in the USA is worth five hundred mil, bro. Fucking a, no kidding. <laughs> uh, that's wild. I wonder what makes somebody. Maybe he needed the money. I don't know. Yeah, and then do you see that Chauvin pled guilty to the federal charges in Floyd's death? <laughs> yeah, I saw. So it was like civil charges, right? Yeah, they're federal charges though. So I, I think he's like he would rather do time in a federal prison than a state prison, which I was. Like I wonder why is it safer for him there? Than- I didn't. I didn't understand that. All like all I thought was like uh, he just didn't want to fight anything, and so and so uh, he just said, "Fuck it, I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to plead guilty and take my time." I I don't know what the strategy is behind it. This says Chauvin could have faced life in prison on the federal court. One possible incentive for him to avoid trial. Mm-hmm. Under the plea agreement, both sides agreed Chauvin should face a sentence ranging from 20 to 25 years, with prosecutors saying they would seek 25. The final sentence will be up to the U.S. District Judge. Got it. Okay. Um, so maybe it's well, just to avoid life, I guess. if you're convicted of murder in the second degree, that's a federal crime. That's not a state crime. Is it? I, I don't know how that works. Any, any, any felony is a federal charge. Really? Never knew that. Yes. Any huh. felony is a federal charge. There's no such thing as a state felony. So I never knew that. You, okay. It's like, what's a felony, right? Uh, like lying to police is a felony. That's a felony in all 50 states. That is a crime in all 50 states. You will be fucked. If you murder somebody, if you traffic drugs in any capacity, that's a federal crime. And I think... I think states might have the authority to like to sentence you differently based on the federal crime, but how you get charged is the same. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, Hey, real quick. I don't know if you saw this. This is 
probably boring news to a lot of people, but it's it's big, big news. Um, the Fed had a call yesterday, the Federal Reserve. There's seven, eight federal banks in America. I don't know. Look up the map. It's actually a cool map to see. If you write a check, your check first goes to a Federal Reserve Bank and then to whatever bank that you bank with. And so everything gets routed through these uh, Federal Reserve banks and they have locations all throughout the country. Each one of those banks has a chairman and each one of those chairmen is on the, uh, on the board of the Federal Reserve and they talk semi-regularly about how to go about moving money around, monetary policy. Mm-hmm. And um, they indicated that there will be like three rate increases next year. What does that mean for all of us? Well, uh, l- way less cheap money, right? So the home boom of 2020 where a bunch of people bought houses because the rates were so low that will slow and basically everything else was like like economic growth will slow to curb inflation that we were told was transitory for months and months and months and that we knew was not transitory for months and months and months and now so yeah not transitory at all it's here things are going to continue to get more expensive uh and so we are going to try and put the kibosh to that. So like, like, like real quick, if I could try and explain this over audio, I don't know how well it's going to work, but you ever heard of deflation? Yeah. That's what Tom Brady was doing to footballs. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Deflation is when the value of things is going down, usually tied to the value of whatever the currency is. And the same principle applies. If we're going through deflation, then your willingness to buy something is probably going to be low because you don't know where that bottom is going to be. Yeah. And you say, well, it's going to continue to drop, so I'm not going to buy. Well, the same thing in reverse with inflation. As long as you, as we continue to purchase goods at the price that they are given to us, then we will continue to see inflation because we have voted yes with our dollars. Every single time that we buy, it is not until we say, oof, man, I'm going to have to really make a decision in my life to not make these purchases because of how expensive they are, that this thing will go down. Money is so cheap right now that the incentive for investors, developers, or whoever to continue to grow their business is high. So they're going to continue to do the things to grow their business while prices continue to skyrocket because people are still willing to pay these prices. Right. So for them, their margin's the same. It's just a different dollar amount. And if you have the money to do it, then you're going to do it. And so as long as we continue to purchase these things, inflation will continue to go up. But if the Federal Reserve comes in and says, we're going to like increase the, the interest rate of, of money, then that means money is more expensive. And that means that growth will slow, which means that there will be less things for us to buy in theory inflation will go down. So whatever that means to you, that's what's going on. Interesting. One other thing I saw I want to bring up, I should have like a little segment called what I argued with my dad about today, but (laughs) um, Ohio just passed something yesterday on Wednesday um, in their house. I think it still needs to go to the Senate to be approved as like a bill or a law. But basically it's it, it, what they voted and it passed 60 to 32 vote um, is that you'd be able to have concealed carry in Ohio without a permit. So you'd be able nice. to conceal any weapon without any kind of training. 
Fuck yeah. Well, yeah, any kind of training? So? Right. No permit necessary, brother. Like, you have to own a gun. You have to get your background checked to buy the gun. At mm-hmm. that point, you can open carry pretty much. But, like, conceal. But I'm less like, okay, hold on. I'm about guns. Right. I've supported guns in many, many ways. But, like, to say that you're able to conceal a weapon and then not be permitted in any fashion is a little scary to me. And I, I don't know. I don't. He was all Ohio's about becoming it, Texas. Yeah, right. That's what they're. That's what they're kind of going for. But well, well, I did see um, recently that if and when Roe v. Wade goes by the wayside, uh, we'll know sometime this spring. Um, that like some states have these protections or lack thereof in place for when this happens. So like in the event of this law being thrown out by the Supreme Court, this is what will happen in Ohio. And Ohio is like crazy, crazy, crazy strict abortion laws. If yeah. everybody, like crazy strict. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, like I knew Ohio was conservative, but motherfucking ain't like conservative. And then you're telling me this, it's like, holy shit, dude. I didn't know Ohio was about that life, dude. Texas or the North. Out that life. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I mean, I'm with you, man. I'm all for guns. And I, I mean, out here in, in California, um, I don't know how it is in other parts of the country, but like you have to go through your sheriff's office to get a uh, concealed carry and they limit how many you can get. It's very, very difficult to do out here. Same in Illinois. Yeah. Very. But at the same time, like if you're going to make it accessible to everybody pretty easily, great. But I mean, fuck, you got to at least pass a driver's test to get behind the wheel of a car. You should at least be able to like know the basics of gun safety and prove that you know these basics before you are able to conceal a weapon and bring it into a fucking Kroger and shoot your manager because now you're paying $50 extra month because you didn't get the COVID shot. (laughs) No, they took all your benefits. Oh, that's right. (laughs) That's right. See, that's why you need guns in California because all the rapists are out. All of them. They're everywhere. They're raping. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Indeed. Um, while you're doing that, you should go and check out our sponsor, Gun Real Coffee. Drinking a good, smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. But when you can do that and help American heroes like veterans and first responders, it makes that cup that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, is proud to donate $1 from every single item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our great country. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean ground or single-serve pods. And right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10 to save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That's promo code FNH10. Gunbarrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. Boy, you said it. Um, go on and um, hit us up. Yeah. On Twitter at FriendshipNH, uh, on Instagram and TikTok, same handle at FriendshipNewsHour. And uh, you can email us bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Bummerdude.media at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. Make Call of Duty great again.